Hey everybody and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we are talking about episode 4 of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, titled The Whole World is Watching. So, without further ado, spoilers are ahead, so if you have not seen this episode, pause it and come back, or enjoy listening, try to forget about it, and watch the episode afterwards. So, the I'm just going to start off the bat with this title, The Whole World is Watching. When I saw that, um, I just, it, it immediately gave me vibes of the... Uh, Trial of the Chicago Seven. If you guys, if any of you have seen that, there's uh, there's a part in the beginning of the movie, uh, and I, I think that's what happened in real life because in one of Chicago's albums, the uh, Chicago Transit Authority album, uh, they even have a sample of it on there. Of the the crowds during the DNC are chanting, uh, "The whole world is watching," uh, over and over because of this trial that was going on, which is just a whole separate thing. But I think it has some similarities with this and just this idea that you know, when a turning point is going on or when some big thing is happening like that, this idea that the whole world is watching is just, it's so true. I mean, the whole world is like holding its breath for whatever that thing is. And, and I can totally see what that would be for this show. Uh, and we, we find out at the very end of this episode what that is, but we're not going to jump around. We're going to, we're going to just go from start to finish on this. I do want to call out, uh, and I apologize for not doing so in the prior episodes, but, uh, and I would have caught it had I done it beforehand, the directors and writers of the show. Um, I think I called it in the first episode, but, uh, the last episode I <laughs> multiple times in the podcast, I was talking about how oh, this feels like John Wick, all this stuff. And then like, after I recorded I, I saw a bunch of people talking about, oh, yeah, it's the writer of John Wick. And I was like, man, if I had just checked that and shared it, that would have been a cool tip. But uh, so this is still written by Derek Kolstad, the writer for John Wick in this one as well. Directed by Kerry Skogland and uh, obviously head writer to showrunner Malcolm Spellman. So uh, just a hats off to all of them because this show has been so good and I haven't decided yet if I like this episode more or less than the last episode. I thought that last episode was just so good, but we get so much more of what I think was a lot of the things we wanted in this episode, and that really makes it stand out for me, especially in terms of development. You'll see in this episode, uh, the action in this episode is insane. It's so good, but most of this episode is talking and people having conversations, which is really important, especially, obviously, for character development, but for this show, too. I mean, there's a lot of question marks that we had on this, especially around Carly and some of that other some of the other players and so i i feel like we've got a good trajectory now and and i'm i'm really excited to see where these next two episodes go just because uh i don't remember the last time that i've seen a series that's only six episodes long and to have that uh, it just, you know, you, you have to tell a quick story, right? Like you only have six episodes to tell it. So I think we're going to start having a lot of things come to a head in these last two episodes. And that just makes me really excited. So, um, the, you know, the opening scene we get on this is in Wakanda. Yeah. I freaked out when that happened and, and, <laughs> you know, it happened, it happened in the last episode too. I was like, oh man, is, is, uh, is Black Panther showing up in this one? And I feel like a kid when I even say it because I should know that he's not going to show up in these. But I, a guy can dream. 
and it, it flashes to a fire, and I was like, okay, well, we're, this is definitely going to be, at first I thought this was going to be a scene in Wakanda, of like a Wakanda scene, but we find out this is a six years ago flashback scene. Io is helping Winter Soldier, and uh, through uh, fi- listening to the subtitles and whatnot, I, I realize her name is Io. It's not Ao. Uh, Bucky calls her Io, so I'm going to start doing that as well. Uh, so she helps Winter Soldier, repeats the phrases uh, of his uh, brainwashing to him, and this scene is just so intense and does so, again, so little, no action. Uh, it is all through Bucky and his emotions. And so we get to see this side of him. We get to see how he was healing. And he's crying. He's got tears coming out of his eyes. He's saying, this isn't going to work. And then when it does, she says, you are free. And he cries a little more. And it just was such a powerful scene and literally, so she said, and this is this show has been doing such a good job of that. They did this in the last episode with the opening scene as well of the GRC. Uh, you know, they're they're a really nice uh, trailer. They're a really nice commercial, and immediately the next scene is the GRC van. And so they did that again in this episode with her saying, "You are free." And then the next scene is the current day, and she says, "How could you free him?" when she's talking to Bucky about Zemo. And I loved that. I thought that was so cool. It's, it's, I'm a, you know, and I, I haven't made a secret of it. I'm a writer. I love writing. And one of the big things that I always practice when I'm writing is when you're transitioning, it doesn't matter what type of writing it is, but when you're transitioning from one paragraph to the next paragraph, it's always nice to have something that happens at the end of one paragraph that dovetails into the next paragraph through the first sentence and that is literally what they're doing in this show of ending with you are free starting with how you can how could you free him and you know she's explaining her position on this which no one can falter for right you know he killed the king uh but she basically acquiesces and says you have eight hours and then we're going to come take him and, you know, hey, if the Dora Milaje is giving you eight hours, that's probably eight hours too much. So count yourself lucky. So she get, he gets back to the house or the apartment and says, the Wakandans are here. They want Zemo, uh, but I bought us some time. And Zemo says, that was sweet of you. Uh, we didn't need. And then, you know, Sam's like, we're not defending you. You killed like you killed Nagel. And he says, we don't need to relitigate what may or may not have happened. <laughs> He's like, you shot him in the head. Uh, just Zemo is a standout. He was a standout in the last episode. He's a standout in this episode. And I found it interesting. There, There's this magic that this show has where, and, it, and it's a magic too that uh, Marvel seems to, I'm hoping, slowly figure out. There are scenes, and I will admit, even as a Marvel fan, there are scenes in these movies where they're attempting comedy, right? They're, they're trying to make a comedic scene. And uh, it just doesn't land. The The joke is either something I've heard a hundred times or they, and, and not even just as a joke, but you know, oh, this, you know, they said the same thing in like five other movies. How is that even, you know, that's not really that funny. But what one of the big pieces of that is in this show, the uh, the, the rapport between Bucky and Sam. I've really liked it. I thought it was it's been great. There have been some moments where I was like, okay, you didn't need like we didn't need that one joke sort of thing. And it doesn't take away from the show at all, but I, I notice it when I'm watching it. And what I did notice in this episode is there were not as many jokes, but there were a ton of scenes that were still really funny. And I think Marvel is again, I'm hoping they are finding this balance of being able to talk about stuff that is really serious, like this show is, excuse me, 
and not only that but through those serious scenes find pieces of comedy so you know this this uh, interaction that sam has with zemo i thought was hilarious and there wasn't a single joke said in it uh it's just the way that zemo talks his dialogue is written in such a intelligent way that it comes off as funny because he's so smart and so he's he's quickly jumped to the top of my list of favorite villains i think he'd always kind of been there just because i I always admired that he had no powers and he was a he was the only person that was able to break up the avengers so to me that that is like a superpower in and of itself so he starts having this conversation um well, and it's right as Bucky explains to them, he's like watching the news on his phone, basically, and and catches them up on Carly. So says, hey, you know, the, GR, the a GRC supply depot just got bombed, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, they're talking about, well, great, you know, what are we going to do? And uh, Sam is kind of trying to defend Carly, and I like this. We're getting the, uh, like I had said in the last few episodes of like Carly and the Flag Smashers are good guys they're doing the wrong thing but their heart is in the right place and that's essentially what this episode is about as as we see it going on is that we really are understanding carly in this episode and her some of her teammates that they are good people they want this world that sam explains at 1.2 talking about how um the you know people were helping each other borders were being taken down you could live wherever you wanted like you could move to a different country because they would welcome you to be able to help them because half of their people were gone and now that everything's gotten back to normal or everyone returned it's just such a such a fascinating concept that came out of avengers endgame and i love i love 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 how every show has dealt with it differently you got spider-man far from home was it was certainly a comedy piece and that that you know that was because it was like eight months after Endgame, so there had been some time, and and that is uh, kind of the definition of comedy is uh, tragedy plus time is is typically what they say comedy is. So there's that aspect, and then in Wandavision, it was more of that immediate comeback, and it and it affected it more affected Monica than it affected the others. But we did get to see kind of the the crazy aspect of it and the the getting back to normal aspect of it. But now we're seeing that underbelly of, yeah, everyone's kind of getting back to normal, but there's a lot of people that can't go back to normal now because of everything that has happened, and they're really digging into this. So I, I love that. I, I stand by, and, and I, I stand by this as my ultimate prediction for this show is that the GRC is the bad guy. And, I, you know, I had called it in one of the other episodes too, and it may have been in, a, like, talking with some people of, of John Walker and the trajectory that he takes in this episode. So that wasn't a surprise to me, but just the, the idea that they are doing that, like, that was the most logical choice for me. And so to see them going that way, I like that. Like, I think there's so many doors that you can open with this. So as they're talking about this, Zemo says, uh, you know, Carly's a supremacist. And, you know, they're like, oh, I don't know. And he says, the idea of a super soldier always troubles people. It's that warped aspiration that leads to not, that led to the Nazis, to Ultron, and to the Avengers. He, and uh, Sam says, Carly is radicalized, but there has to be a peaceful way to stop it. And I, I love this. I, Sam is showing his Captain America, I, I think you could call it, where, you know, they, and uh, we were, I don't want to jump around in this episode, but they make a call about that too, of, of and, and we hear it in First Avenger, you know, the, the super soldier serum enhances you, 
it your power the power makes you more of yourself so somebody who is a good person becomes a great person and somebody who is a bad person becomes a terrible person sort of thing and so you're just seeing here where sam has no super soldier serum but he wants a peaceful way to stop things that's the same sort of idea that steve had a lot of times is like there's got to be another way and just for him to call that out in the room with these all these guys who are total fighters and have a different aspect, like he's so brave of him to be able to bring something like that up. And, you know, Zemo tries to correct him and says the desire to become a superhuman cannot be separated from supremacist ideals, which is a fascinating idea and a fascinating conversation to have. Anyone with that serum is inherently on that path. And Bucky says, the serum never corrupted Steve. And he says, touche, but there has never been another Steve Rogers. And I think that's a really important line because it uh, it's one of those setup lines, one of those Chekhov's guns where, uh, you know, that's going to come back, that there is going to be another Steve Rogers. It's probably Sam. But uh, it's just, it's cool to see that, and, and I guess are ironic in a way. Just like we talked about in prior episodes, you know, the, the people who think that they should be Captain America or, or should have a super soldier serum, they are the last people that should have it. It's the ones that don't want the power, that deserve the power. And so then um, Sam talks about his TT passing away, and Bucky does not understand what that is. He explains to him it's his aunt. Uh, and he, they're trying to figure out what's going on for Danya Madani, uh, the lady who died in the last episode, or it was two episodes ago, and talks about, you know, when his aunt died, his TT, she was such a pillar in the community that they had a giant funeral for her, and he's like, well, maybe this would be the case here. And Zemo says, your TT would be proud of you. And then he says, uh, Turkish delight, <laughs> irresistible, and I could not stop laughing. Again, I love Zemo, and I love, honestly, and it sounds weird, I love when anyone says Turkish Delight. I think that is the funniest name for a candy, just because, like, you know, no, it's one of those things, no one says that anymore. Like, no one says, ooh, would you like a tasty delight? It's like, no, just give me some candy, please. So I love him saying that, and he gives, he gives Sam a treat and puts the rest on the table, and at this point, I was like, huh, so did he, <laughs> did he poison these Turkish Delights? We find out that's not the case. But uh, at this point, next scene, uh, Flag Smashers are now dealing with the news as well. And I really liked this scene because, uh, you know, again, we're seeing them disheveled. We're seeing them saddened by this news. They are upset in a uh, quiet way. They're not freaking out. It's just they all look really disappointed in themselves. And it just goes to show you that this was never... I don't think this was ever their original plan. And I think that's it goes for a lot of revolutionaries and people like that. Like They have these beliefs that the world should be a better place, could be a better place, and they have a, a pathway to get there. And then the powers that be, the, uh, the status quo that is in power, will always try to prevent that sort of thing from happening. And it is through that prevention that the radicalization, I think, kind of takes place in that you know, it sounded like what they were doing initially, stealing supplies, giving things to people, very noble. Uh, you know, again, not the right thing to do from a legal standpoint. You shouldn't be stealing things. But in a uh, existential kind of uh, big picture way, it was the right thing to do. But the minute that now we get this whole government red tape and it's preventing them from getting things done and they're not listening to them, 
that's kind of radicalizing them. And they decide, okay, we're going to blow up this building. They didn't want to, and I don't even think Carly really wanted to, but she felt like she had to. And, you know, you see that in the way that they're looking at each other and the way that they're uh, digesting this news and kind of just feeling that almost a slight shame of like, did we po- did we poison the water of, of our cause? And, you know, the, the news at the very end says something around this has is bringing more people to the cause, which, you know, it always does. It always brings people to and from, but interesting scene nonetheless. So from there, uh, we, go, we go back. They're trying to find – the plan is now to find somebody who knows Mama, uh, Mama Danya's or Mama Madani uh, to find out where this funeral is, where is it being held. And so they, they case the joint where they're at. They do some walk-arounds. They do some shakedowns. Sam's trying to uh, find people, uh, and no one will talk with him. It's the same spot where – Carly went in to talk with uh, Mama Madani as well, but uh, everyone's walking away. They're like, nope, nope, I don't want to talk to you. See ya. And he finally talks to somebody, but and, and says like, oh, you know, you're refugees, all that. And he, the guy says, we are not refugees. And I loved that line because he explains to them like, you know, we've always been here. <laughs> like we lived here. We just disappeared. And then we came back. We're not refugees. This was our home. And it's just so sad. But he tells them, like, I can't, like, we're not, I can't trust you guys. He says, I know who you are. Like, I know who you are, Sam, and I still can't trust you. People say they want to help, and nothing happens. He says, the GRC promised to send more teachers and supplies, but that was six months ago, and they still haven't gotten it. So there's just a lot of messed up stuff going on in the world right now. We go back outside, and Zemo is there doing his own reconnaissance, and now we find out what those Turkish delights were all about. He starts singing Ba Ba Black Sheep, which uh, is great, and then he just shares his candy. And, uh, you know, a girl comes up and he says, hey, do you know uh, Mama Madani, all this stuff. Boom, he gets the information. He says these Turkish delights were always my son's favorite. And I, again, testament to zemo as a villain to zemo as a character i forgot he had kids and so him to pull that out to explain to them to kind of bridge that connection between him and the kids was just an awesome play i thought that was a really smart move so they get they get uh, back to the apartment and zemo he shares he knows where it's at the funeral but he won't give much more than that and he says he needs leverage and <clears throat> i totally get it totally get it i mean he's got a hundred people after him right now and so Sam calls Sharon and tells her that he found the camp and asks if, you know, there's any tricks up her sleeve that she can help with. And he says, yeah, uh, she says, yeah, I may have a satellite or two or have access to a satellite or two. And she tells Sam, she says, you got to play this out. If Carly disappears, they are going to lose the serum. And she says the power broker wants that back and is really upset about it being lost. And he's like, yeah, no, I know, sorry. Or, but he kind of he says sorry, but it was not because of that. But she says, don't apologize, just find Carly. While this is happening, we're watching her in what looks to be a like a, a tunnel, a road tunnel. But there are cement roadblocks up in the tunnel, along with at least I would th- at least five, probably more like ten armed men with guns. And she's just walking right past him. I think a couple of them maybe nod to her. But for the most part, they don't think twice. They don't blink. So we're getting, and, and I, lo- I love this. I hate that we don't get to see more Sharon. I, I, I love Sharon. I want to see as much of her as I can. 
but I like that they're they're really if you hadn't figured it out yet that she's the power broker and again she might not be she very well might not be but these scenes are hinting at something for sure like there is a reason she is not in this episode a lot and there is a reason that the only times we see her it's doing things we didn't expect her to be doing right like she i did not expect her to be in a tunnel with all these armed men acting like she owns the place as she talks about the power broker interesting and then we see it again at the end with when she's tracking john walker didn't expect her to be doing that so uh, from there, we go to a, a cemetery, and we see Carly and one of the other super soldiers at a grave getting the rest of the serums. They're in the secret compartment in the actual grave. He talks about how he loved Cap as a kid and uh, says he, he, he says his grandfather had told him like some stories back when his grandfather fought Nazis. And he said, you know, he said, if you're doing something and it makes you scared, it's probably because it's the right thing to do. And I love that quote. That's something that I actually use all the time for, uh, you know, for my own life. I mean, for, for work, for personal life. Like if there's something that I know I need to do and I know it's the right thing to do, I do often get nervous before I do it. Uh, whether that's speaking in front of people or speaking up about something, you can just feel it in your bones when you know it's the right thing to do. And oftentimes it is super scary. So I, I love that quote. But he says, he didn't think there could be another Captain America until I met you. He says, they need a leader who looks like them, understands their pain. And he says, something like we are going to be doing, the things that we are doing are going to last long past the shield. And I love this too, because I didn't think of it until then. But I was like, oh, are they going to try? I know they're not going to try and make Carly Captain America. But they're showing you these different sort of what it means to be Captain America. We've talked about it in the prior episodes from Sam's perspective, but when you look at what Carly's doing, in a sense, she is a Captain America and not Captain America. Maybe she's Captain Germany or Captain Latvia, whatever you want to call it, but she is helping out the people and she is helping the citizens of the countries. She is trying to bring people together. She's trying to do the right thing. She's trying to fight the power. Those are all things that Captain America did. Uh, but obviously now she's doing it, going about it the wrong way in the same way that John Walker goes about being Captain America the wrong way. So it's just, it's interesting to see the, uh, call it the 50 shades of Captain America. Like every, every character in this show could be a Captain America. They could easily be the next Captain America, but the show does such a good job of showing you why it's not this person or why it's not this person. Like, yep, it's all of these things except for this one detail, and that actually is going to take them out of the running. So um, I, I liked that. But she, she tells him, she says, the shield is a memory of a bygone era, a reminder of all the people history just left out. If anything, it should be destroyed. So now you have her and Sam saying that the shield should be destroyed. So again, that idea of uh, not, you know, she should get the shield because she doesn't want the shield. But again, you know, she's got the super soldier serum already. So I would love to see, and I wonder if that'll happen in one of the next two episodes. I'd love to see what was going through her mind when she took the serum. Like, where was she? Was she in a room? Was this a ceremony she did with the rest of them? Was she by herself? Uh, I would be really curious to see because, uh, you know, and, and especially as we get further on, like, clearly the super soldier serum is a MacGuffin and it is all about what is done with the serum because 
Uh, and, and we'll get there in a second. Just I, I find it really interesting how they show John Walker getting the serum. So uh, at that point, she uh, or from there, they're heading to this funeral, Bucky, Sam, and Zemo. And uh, <laughs> John Walker and Lamar uh, Hoskins, they both show up and they're in their full costumes and they he just comes in hot and heavy like okay you know what no we're gonna you need to explain to me how you how you helped him escape and bucky's like actually zemo escaped by himself technically all this stuff and uh sam says take it easy before it gets weird and i loved that i thought that was really funny uh just because again like everyone is is getting things done in this show like they're investigating if if uh what john walker was not involved this show maybe could have ended in this episode sam may have been able to talk to carly and talk her out of it but it's just so funny that you know he comes in he's like a bull in a china shop everything goes off the rails when he's around and he uh sam says them like i want to talk to her alone and john's like not having it he wants to just arrest her he says we got to get in there quick but he says if there is any time to reason with her it's now and he's like you know if you do that you could get hurt and he says but if we go in hot and heavy more people are going to die and he tells them i used to counsel soldiers that so this is in my wheelhouse kind of a callback to winter soldier and it's lamar who talks john down and says i'm sure or and john agrees he's like you know what fine and he says but when we're done with this like i'm taking zemo in and zemo says i'm sure it will all come to an agreeable conclusion my associate is just up ahead and you know points up to the little kid that's up there and when they get to this place she kind of points him inside John Walker handcuffs Zemo to a radiator and says, you have 10 minutes, which again, come on guys. Like, I mean, he's the classic soldier, right? He'd rather shoot people than actually talk to them. So that's just, he's, he fulfills that trope perfectly, I think. And, um, so when he gets in there, uh, you know, there's a big funeral scene and she's talking about how much, uh, mama Madani meant to her and all of this stuff and she sees sam up top and afterwards kind of does the classic like i know you're there and they have a really good talk and he says during this talk so like they're talking for a bit and then it cuts back to john and the group and john is getting visibly frustrated like he is getting he's kind of shaking a little bit he looks like he's just he looks like me if i haven't eaten dinner and i'm trying to uh i'm <laughs> trying to like watch something and i can't like he just gets really he's getting really frustrated really hangry probably he might need a a latvarian burrito or maybe he needs a turkish actually he does not deserve a turkish delight i've been too kind to john walker up until now so he uh he's talking with her and she says uh you know i'm trying to make the world a better place and he says it's not a better place if you're killing people it's just different and she says, you are either brilliant or hopefully optimistic. And he says, can I be both? And then we get back to Walker and he's like, no, 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 no. I got to go in. Like, no, like, dude, I need to go eat. And uh, Bucky's like, no. And he says, don't patronize me. And he's just, he's getting, he's acting like a child. And uh, Bucky stops him from leaving. He's like, it's not, 10 minutes hasn't even passed. And he says, this is all really easy for you, isn't it? all that serum running through your veins, your partner needs backup. And I was thinking if I'm Bucky, I'd be like, well, one, he's not my partner, but two, he doesn't need my backup. Like 
Sam is an Avenger, dude. You are you are not, never have been, and never will be an Avenger. Sam is. Let him get this stuff done. So uh, at that point, he he has a great conversation. He says, you know, he goes, I have, a, I have someone that I talk to that I've been talking with who knows the most I've ever known of, about super soldiers. And he says, he has a word for you. He says, you're a supremacist. And she and I love this. I just love that he is able to talk about this with somebody. Like I don't think, and I, I'm not fully appreciating it until just in this moment as I'm talking about it with you guys. But this is when when would you be able to have a conversation like this with somebody? Uh, you know, obviously never, right? And there's no super soldier serum that I know of. But in terms of this supremacist argument, I feel like any sort of political argument that you bring up with somebody of a differing political opinion, they will usually shut down and not talk to you again and try to change the subject, tell you you're wrong, all this stuff. I love that in this, you have a hero and a villain. Uh, Again, I would argue right now that ambiguous on the villain piece, but having an actual conversation around supremacy. And she, she says, that's ridiculous. Everything that I do is to end supremacy. She says the corporations and the people that run them, the people in power, they are the supremacists. And he says, you have more serum, right? And I love this. This is, I mean, this is part of my own job is, you know, when you're when you're talking with people, and I, I personally believe, <laughs> I'm not going to try to get into my work, but I believe that any conversation that you have with somebody is an opportunity for development, whether that is something brief or something deep. You know, when we all we have are these conversations with people, other people all around us. And so if you can have a really good conversation with somebody, uh, it's, you, you know, your life is going to be better for it. And I think one of the key pieces for development and for developing others is to ask good questions and to kind of spark that thinking in people to question the things that they're doing and not in a bad way, but just in a try to look at this from a different perspective sort of way. And it really helps to open people's mind to be able to analyze the things that they do from a neutral perspective as opposed to whatever it is they're doing was wrong or right, whatever. And so he says, instead of kind of countering what she just said, instead he asks her a question. He says, you have more serum, right? And he says, are you going to increase your army with it? And she kind of gives a half answer, uh, but she says, you know, these people... Uh, the people that they're fighting, they are the roadblocks on my journey, and I would kill them again if I had to. And he says, wow. And she says, well, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that came out wrong. And he's like, listen, I agree with your fight. I just can't get with the way you're fighting it. And I'm sure she wouldn't either, he says, pointing to uh, Mama Madani's corpse that's sitting there on the right in the same room. And at that point, John Walker busts in, what a tool, what an idiot, what a just, what a waste. And so Carly's like, wow, in classic fashion says, oh my God, I can't believe it. Like you, you tricked me and leaves. And so I'm thinking to myself in this scene, like, you've got to be kidding me. Like I, if uh, uh, I think I've said this in other ones too, I've overanalyzed certain scenes and I'm about to do it right now. And I, I get it. I, this is the reason I am not a screenwriter because my screen, my screenplays would be probably 10 pages shorter than a per- whatever how many pages because I don't like beating around the bush. I find that when I'm communicating with people to give them the information that they need, the most important information right away, and my most important information would have been right off the bat, hey Carly, 
I really want to talk to you. I totally get what you're saying. I agree. I just want to let you know that I am holding off John Walker, Captain America. He has given me 10 minutes to talk to you. We had a look at my watch. We've got, we got eight minutes left. So I got to say a couple things to you and then you need to get out of here and we can try and talk again another time. Like I feel it'd be like booking an appointment. Like, you know, maybe next week on your schedule, we can talk. I, I just think that that would have been cool. Obviously, it doesn't work that way. And obviously, you know, whatever. So he didn't have to say it. He comes in. She now thinks that she betrays him and we have to go through the whole retrust trope, which, uh, again, I'm saying this in scene. I think the show did a fantastic job of dealing with this because it could have gone so south and it didn't. So uh, at that point, Carly regroups and uh, – oh, no, I'm sorry. At that point, so John Walker busts in. She escapes. Zemo escapes. And they've lost her. And so she runs into this room, and all of a sudden Zemo's in this room. Zemo shoots her, actually hits her, and then misses a couple shots. She runs behind something but drops her serums. And he picks one up, and he's like, is this what I think it is? And he gets that look in his eye. And I I got so excited. I was like, yes, let's go. Do it, do it, do it. And she's like, no, no, no. And so he throws one down on the ground, smashes it, and starts stepping on all the other serums. And I was like, oh, wow. What a, not necessarily a twist, but what a validation of like, good. We're just, we're dropping the whole super soldier thing. Like we're ending it right now. But you know what? It is never that easy. He crushes all of them. Uh, and then gets hit in the head with John Walker's shield, knocks him out, and we see there is still one serum left. John Walker also sees that there's only one serum left. So he grabs that serum, puts it in his pocket, and uh, he looks at that serum. like He he like turns his head, and you can tell that he's wrestling with something in there. I love that. So next scene, Carly regroups, and she gets a, uh, with the group. Gets a message from the power broker, another I'm going to kill you message, which, <clears throat> again, at this point, I am I am sold that it's Sharon. Uh, if it's not, Sh- honestly, I hope that it's not Sharon because they have done such a good job of, sh- of showing us that it is Sharon that, uh, you know, it's not a surprise anymore if it is. I'll be like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm, I'll be glad if she is the power broker. I will be glad if she is not the power broker. But at this point... She says that we will deal with the power broker later. She says she wants to deal with Sam, and she says they got to separate them and kill Captain America. So we at least get this idea now that she wants to kill John Walker. Honestly, I don't blame her. So next up, we got Sam emailing Sharon, asking, uh, or she just emails him, letting him know what's going on with John Walker. Zemo is back at the base, and he asks uh, Sam if he was ever offered the serum. And Sam says no. He says, would you have taken it if you did? And he immediately says no. He says, no hesitation. Impressive. And he tells him, like, you can't hold out hope for her. You can't allow them to become another faction of gods among people. Super soldiers cannot be allowed to exist. And Sam looks at him and says, isn't that how gods talk? And I love that Zemo gives this look like, oh, crap. He says, if that's how you feel, what about Bucky? He says, blood isn't always the solution. And again, we're just getting back to this idea that Sam really wants peace. And he is a he is a peace fighter, I guess you could say, in that regard. But And at that point, Bucky uh, gets into the place too. And he says, something's not right about Walker. And he says, I know crazy when I see it because I am crazy. 
<laughs> and I love he keeps saying this. He says, shouldn't have given him the shield. And he says, I didn't. He goes, well, Steve definitely didn't. And then John busts in and demands Zemo. And, uh, you know, says, we're running things now. And he says, and Sam says, the only thing you're running is your mouth. He says, I had Carly and you overstepped. Zemo is the only person that's actually done something for me. And so they're getting into this argument. Uh, Walker's about to start fighting Sam. He says, what, do you want me to take my shield off to make it even? And sets his shield down and all of a sudden a spear flies right into the pillar next to him. And he looks over and boom, the Dora Milaje is there. And they're saying, it's time for us to take what's ours. And so they just have this huge fight. And I thought this was really funny. You know, John Walker, he's like, come on, I'm ready to fight you, blah, blah, blah. Dora Milaje shows up and he says, hey, uh, let's put down the pointy sticks and talk about this. And I was like, oh, okay, now you want to talk? And so he says, you know, the Dora Milaje doesn't have district uh, jurisdiction here. And they say the Dora Milaje have jurisdiction wherever the Dora Milaje find themselves. And I love that. I thought that was so badass. And so they beat the crap out of him. They beat the crap out of Lamar. They beat up Bucky. They beat up Sam. And Zemo just stands in the back drinking. I love that. He's not even a part of this fight, even though they're after him. And so he ends up sneaking off and escaping through the bathroom. Uh, while they're fighting, uh, Sam says something to Bucky about, like, come on, we, maybe we should help them. And he says, looking strong, John. And uh, I loved that. I just loved that. And then he starts talking to, to Io. He says, hey, like, you know, can we just talk? Like, please, let's just stop, figure this out. And um I, I io actually disconnects his arm i thought that was so cool kind of the sort of pressure point type thing and his arm just falls right off and she says bast damn you james uh which uh tough tough line like dang you know he he spent all that time there gaining their trust and i really hope that this isn't him losing their trust so uh one of the the dormelage kicks up steve's shield oh look I, that was that was uh <laughs> what's the word that was out of instinct me saying that it is steve shield uh but kicks up the shield catches it and you know they but then puts it down they're like fine zemo's gone we gotta go so they leave bucky's like did you know that they could disconnect your arm and he's like no and john's on the ground and he is stunned and he's like just shaking and he says they weren't even super soldiers as lamar tries to help him up and i'm thinking yeah dude yeah, they're better than super soldiers, and they're better than you. Like, look at this. Put it, put this into perspective. That is the whole point of this, right? The whole point of the show, looking at things from a different perspective. And he is so one-track minded. And so uh, they talk, and uh, him and Lamar are talking at like an airport or train station eatery or something. And they get to finally get to this conversation of if you had a chance to take it, would you? And Lamar says, "Hell yeah." And he says, you wouldn't be worried about how it might change you. And I liked this. I like that we're at least seeing that, again, John's human. He's He wants to take it, but he is kind of concerned. And he says, uh, powers just make a person more of themselves, right? And he says, you got Carly on one end. You've got Steve Rogers on the other end. He says, you already, and he's like, yeah, well, so kind of like, where do I land on that? And he says, you already have three medals of honor, man. You make the right decisions in the heat of battle. And I'm thinking, uh, Battlestar, uh, did you not see him in these last two fights? <laughs> uh, clearly, that is not the case anymore. But um, even John questions that. He says, three badges to make sure that I don't forget the worst day of my life. He says, we both know those things, uh, you know, those medals were given to us 
because of something that we did that felt so far away from the right thing to do. And he says, but Cap being Captain America felt like the right thing. And Lamar says, imagine how many lives we would have saved that day, uh, this day in Afghanistan, had we had the serum. And he says, I know. And, and, uh, and I mean, spoiler alert, obviously he takes the serum. We knew it. What I thought the show did so good with this, though, we never see him take the serum. And again, you know, you've got this whole beginning intro of, of Captain America, First Avenger, where he's getting the serum, he's doing his tests, figuring it all out. He gets it off screen. And I, I think that's an important piece of it because I think one, like I said earlier, I think it's a MacGuffin, right? Like this, it's not about the serums, but I think at the same time too, it's kind of showing you that we don't care about this man. Like this guy, he, when he becomes Captain America, no one is around to see it. Like he is doing it in the shadows where someone like Steve is doing it for all to see. He has nothing to hide. John has a ton of things to hide. And so at this point, Sarah we get a new scene. Sarah, Sam's sister, gets a call from Carly. And this is what I was talking about earlier. I love this. This this is what, if I was writing this, this is what I would have written. Figuring out if I need to kill your brother when she asks, why are you calling me? She knows who she is. She says, oh, you're a, uh, um, you're a terrorist. And she says, well, a revolutionary, depending on where you're, you know, where you're at. And he said, she says, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out if I should kill your brother. I thought I could trust him. I got the impression that we had some things in common, but now I see he's working with Captain America. And she's like, I don't think so, basically. And she says, oh, well, did you choose him? And Sarah says, and, and this is the second time this is mentioned in this episode, and I loved it because of it, too. She says, I did not. My world does not matter to America, so why should I care about its mascot? And that just goes back to this whole idea of what it means to be Captain America, what even America is. Uh, There's a lot to be said in that line. And Carly agrees. She says, I like you. Uh, You remind me of me. And she says to Carly, if you believe one thing, believe this. My brother is not working for that man. And she says, I hope you're right. Uh, She tells him, like, I need to meet with him alone. I really want to talk with him. And so we get that of like, yeah, you know, she got betrayed with John in the last one, but she's willing to talk with him again because he planted those seeds. He asked the right questions. He probed. He uh, he actually cared about her. And so, like I said, I think that sets you apart, especially as a superhero, like taking the time to listen to people as opposed to telling them what to do. And so now... Um, we get the final, the final piece of this episode. So, um, she's explaining, you know, they meet up Sam and Bucky and her meet up and she explains, you know, you're a tool for the system. If I were to kill you, it would be meaningless. I'm going to ask you to join me or do the world a favor and let me go, which again, look at, she like, she doesn't want to fight this guy. And so at the same time though, Sharon is tracking John Walker, which, I don't know how she's doing it. I can't remember. Like maybe it was from the email that Sam was talking about. But so she's meeting Carly. They are meeting Carly in one one place. 
the rest of her crew is in a different place where John has now showed up. And she says, new Cap is moving in. He found them. And so he looks at Bucky and says, all right, you know, Walker. And so they go to, to try to stop him. Carly attacks Bucky, which I get. But at the same time, like I said, communication is everything. He could have turned to her and said, hey, uh, Walker is about to attack your people. Let's go. Like, do you need a ride? I will fly you there. Uh, so... And again, I'm not I'm not trying to say that Carly is a saint and that Sam should be helping Carly. I just it would make for a very interesting conversation and a very interesting show. So uh, Walker busts in a door, and I loved this. Him and Lamar, he the, the door gets kicked open. He's got his shield in front of his face with his gun out of the top of the shield. It is a shot for shot from Captain America: The First Avenger. And so this is where I want to point out something that I thought was really cool about the show which is they are really doing a good job of inverting Captain America through the film shots. So specific shots and specific songs that are being used in the episodes are being turned on their head to show you that he is the wrong Captain America, and I love that. And so we get some fighting between them. Lamar is taken and tied up. Uh, and Cap is like looking around trying to find him, trying to use his senses. And so at this point, that was when I guessed that he was he'd taken the serum. Was He's like really quiet and he starts listening and he hears this really faint sound. Uh, but then when we see him throw a shield while he's fighting somebody, the shield almost goes through this wall. And at that point, I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, he took the serum. And so as he's going to pull this shield out of the wall, he's twitching. His arm and his hand are start twitching, which is... Oh, such good character work. Pulls it out of the wall, and right as he pulls it out of the wall, someone else jumps to hit him. Like, it was a really cool, scary scene. I thought that was great. Uh, but then eventually, Carly shows up. She's about to stab John when Lamar saves him. She's a, He's able to get himself out of his cuffs, and then he goes to... He knocks Carly out, uh, and then she gets back up and punches him so hard that he flies into a pillar and dies. Uh, insane. I mean, at the same time, you've got Bucky doing these really great knife fights. Sam's doing this super cool stuff with his wings. And uh, John loses it. You see him kind of twitching a little bit. He gets kind of upset. And uh, they all leave. They flee. The Flag Smashers all fly away or run away. And he doesn't even follow them out the way they came. He jumps out of a window and lands on a bus. And they don't even play action music during this scene. Like, they play some pretty low-key sinister music. That's sort of suspenseful when the, the scary monster is about to show up in the movie or the demon is supposed to, about to show up in the scary movie in, in Sinister or Conjuring. That's what I got. Those are the vibes I got. So scary. And so he catches up with this guy, and he's like, where is she? And he just starts whipping the shield at him. And I... I hurt when I was watching it. The guy's like running away and he threw it right at his spine. And then he did it again. And then the guy lands in the middle of a square, like a town square, by a fountain, like this monument. And there are probably a hundred people around watching and filming him beating the crap out of this guy until he dies. He starts bashing his shield in the exact same way that Cap was bashing his shield into Iron Man. Only difference here is this guy does not have a body of armor nor a good reason to do what he is doing besides the fact that his brain is mush from the super soldier serum. And uh, so, yeah, he kills this guy in front of everyone. And this is the guy who said that he grew up loving Captain America. Can you imagine the tragic irony of looking up to somebody and then watching that symbol kill you. I just, uh, insane. And uh, blood all over the shield, dripping from it. 
He stands up and looks around at all the people filming him, and that's the end of the episode. And I just, what a shot. What a way to end this episode. And so that's what I said, wrapping it back from to the beginning. The whole world is watching. The whole world is watching him kill this man for no reason. I, you know, again, you could argue, okay, he's a super soldier and he was the bad guy, but this guy was already down on the ground and not fighting back, and he got killed, and it was on camera. Does that sound like something familiar? Uh, it sounds very similar to a lot of things that get caught on camera here and across the world with police brutality and all of that. So I think... Again, this show does a great job of tying in current day activities to what uh, activities, I'm so sorry, current day tragedies to uh, what's happening in this show. Just superb storytelling. And so I can't even, I mean, I, like I said, I, I guessed that I had, I had talked with some people a couple weeks ago when they were talking about who the, the, the big, I don't try to create receipts. I don't try to, I, I certainly love speculating, but I don't like to hang on to a lot of speculations. And so for, for a show or a movie, I usually have like one thing that I, I try to focus on and dive into, because if you're trying to guess every single thing in the show, it, it kind of takes away from the show in that respect. And so uh, the big thing that I've focused on with this show is who is the good guys and who are the bad guys. To me, that is my speculation. And I we talked about in the last episode that I thought the GRC and uh, John Walker, they are the bad guys, and then Carly and the Flag Smashers are the good guys, but it's our job as the audience to choose which of them we want because it's not going to be clear-cut. They have made that very clear. It's it's a very gray situation. But, again, by the end of this episode, a lot of it isn't as gray. So I had talked to some people about this. I was you know talking about, okay, well, how... How does John, what, what's John Walker's character arc? Like, is he going to get a super soldier serum? And we, again, talked in the last episode about in the comics, the power broker hooked him up with this serum and all this stuff. So I had already guessed that he was, people had guessed that he was after the serum. That was the secret, was that he was after it. And uh, I think, I don't remember if I agreed with that or not. It's possible, it doesn't really matter. But my whole thing was that I, I thought he would get embarrassed in such a way that he would like take the serum in order to not feel small anymore and that's essentially what happened the fact that he got the crap beaten out of him multiple times both by super soldiers and regular uh people like the dormilage um that is what that embarrassment of constantly getting his butt kicked even though he is captain america like that would drive someone with his mental state to do what he did. Like he, he's a decorated soldier. He knows how to fight. And yet he just keeps getting shown up for a job that he probably knows a lot of people don't want him to have, but at the same time knows how much responsibility comes with this job. So you just have to think about all the stress that is going on in John's mind with all of this. Like he's got to, he's was probably losing it the day that he accepted the job because it's just a lot to be a symbol. It takes a lot out of you, like I like I would know. But uh, so yeah, so I, I was happy with that. I made total sense. I loved seeing that. So now the question is, what happens next? And it's an interesting question because we can get two different things. They clearly make it seem like people are filming this. Uh, I would argue it's a little different than when Bucky was being filmed in Madripoor. 
I pray that it's different because that was only like one person I think I caught that had a camera, whereas this was like everyone had their camera, and they specifically showed him, somebody filming him, and Carly Morgenthau was actually in the crowd watching him, and and so was Sam and Bucky. They show up, and they're like, holy cow. So at this point, it only goes two ways. The footage is going to get out. The world is going to find out about this, and the world is watching. So what is the government going to do? Are they going to double down on him and say, oh, they're going to spin it to say that, oh, you know, Carly and the Flag Smashers killed Battlestar. He was avenging their death. He's practically an Avenger. Or are they going to fire him and get somebody else in? I think, as I predicted in those conversations, and I'll say it again now, uh, and I may have even said this in another episode, but I still stand by him and and Sam reconciling through fighting, obviously, but uh, through something of of you are not Captain America, John. Like you do not embody it. Look at everything that you've been doing, and I I think he's in that place now where he's going to see that footage and probably not even care about it. He it's going to it's going to affect him. He's, you know, we see a scene where he shakes his head or, you know, freaks out, twitches, that sort of thing. But he still seems like he's in that space where he could easily try and gaslight you to say, actually, I was doing the right thing. If I hadn't have have killed that guy, he would have killed a hundred other people sort of thing. And Sam's going to be trying to say the whole, you know, sometimes blood is not the answer. And we, we hear that sometimes blood is not the answer. And then all of a sudden, Captain America is drawing blood on his shield, no less. So there's going to be a reckoning, and I don't know whether that's going to happen. I I think that piece of it will happen in this next episode, but we still need to figure out who the main villain is because I truly don't think we know. I mean, we've got the Power Broker, we've got the GRC, and we've got uh, John Walker, and then we also still have the Flag Smashers who have now sort of escaped. So I, I think we're in a great spot, though. That, that cliffhanger is not even really a cliffhanger of an ending. It's just the perfect... That would be the ending of the, uh, you know, the Sam Wilson movie trilogy, right? Like, this, these first three episodes would have been one movie, and that is the perfect way to end the movie of, like, oh, my... Like, I, I need more, but we've got an ending point. This, we've got so much to think about after this, so much to think about in regards to America doing the right thing is violence the answer what does it mean to be a super soldier uh there's just so many questions and i love that this show is diving into all of them so uh those are my kind of thoughts and predictions around it i love this episode uh i still again haven't decided if i like it more than the last one but i'm sure a few more watches will uh seal that deal for me so with that we will wrap this up for comics and cinema i'm your host alex klein thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this and we will see you as the world is watching